The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Come to this broadcast to speak the name of Jesus over your life. I don't come to babysit. I don't come to entertain. I come to speak a very honest word. And the word today will be very upsetting for some of you. But I have to speak what the Holy Spirit puts in my heart. I've been with him All last evening, this morning, I'm compelled to speak this word. The American church is almost totally overtaken and overcome by the spirit of Antichrist. And we have to deal with this spirit. 
there are two spirits. One is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God. And the other is the Antichrist Spirit. Many of you look forward with dread to the coming of the Antichrist. And rightly so, because he sets himself up as God. He is an evil, evil man. But that man will not be revealed as a surprise to the world or to the church. The spirit of Antichrist is preparing the way now in America for the coming of the beast power, the Antichrist power. Not just in America, but around the world. A vile, a vile vomiting of evil is upon our nation and in the church. I want to read for you 12 verses. If you have your Bibles, turn and follow with me. If not, jot the text down and go back and look at it and pray over it. I'm going to share quite a number of scriptures with you today. I want you to get a full picture of this Antichrist spirit that is destroying the American church. And everywhere we have spread our wickedness. We have spread it to Africa and to the nations. Listen, as I read this, I'm going to read it from the old New International Version. I'll begin in chapter 2 of Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, the second chapter. I'm going to read for you verses 1 through 12, and then we're going to look at a number of other passages of Scripture concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. We ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness or the man of sin is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. You may want to read in reference the 13th chapter of the book of Revelation. Verse 4. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Now, do I believe that a temple is going to be rebuilt in Jerusalem? Yes, probably so. Do I believe that it will be God's temple? No, I don't. I'll show you several scriptures for why I don't believe it will be God's temple. 
Verse 5. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things, and now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness, or the mystery, as the King James Version puts it, the mystery of iniquity, that is, the spirit of Antichrist, is already at work. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. So the picture we're getting is that the Holy Spirit power is present in his temple. In his temples. And that power of the Holy Spirit is resisting and holding back that mystery of iniquity. That's when Paul wrote many years ago. But today we're watching as the Holy Spirit is being withdrawn and the man of lawlessness is now about fully to be revealed, but the spirit of lawlessness is preparing the way so that when he comes and he appears, it will not be a surprise to anyone. They will be eagerly anticipating the coming of this powerful man. He will not come as a dragon. He will come as a man, erudite, educated, charismatic. He will come as an angel of light, endued with power by the spirit of Antichrist by the spirit of darkness, by the spirit of iniquity and sin. And many who call themselves Christians today will follow quickly after and receive the mark of the beast. I don't want that to happen for you. Thus the purpose of this teaching today. Verse 8, this is Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, verse 8. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one, that is the coming of the worker of iniquity, the coming of the Antichrist, will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracle signs and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. So an evil is going to come that will deceive. These are people who are not saved, and we're going to clearly define that in a moment. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. So we're being told, that at the end of time, there will be many 
who will be deceived by this Antichrist power, by this spirit of Antichrist. And before Antichrist shows up, this spirit will be accomplishing his work, and men and women will resist the truth. They will not want the truth. Now, there are several passages of Scripture that I'd like you to turn with me to and and look at. And one of those is found in 1 John, the second chapter. I'll begin reading with verse 18. This is 1 John, the second chapter, beginning with verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See, that is what you have heard from the beginning. Remain. Let it remain in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he's promised to you, even eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about the ones who are trying to lead you astray. Now I want you to look at another passage. Chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Dear friends, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, 
And whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Now, we have often heard these scriptures, but they've spoken to us in a very superficial manner. There are two spirits, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, and there is the spirit of the devil, a spirit of evil, the spirit of Antichrist, of lawlessness. And we're enjoined to test these spirits to see whether they're from God or whether they're from the world. So it says that those who recognize the Spirit of God, every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Now, here's the difficulty that we face. We can say intellectually, oh, I know the Spirit of God. I even have the Spirit of God with me. But if you're walking in sin, the Spirit of God is not with you. And when you test the Spirit, you test the Antichrist spirit and find him acceptable in your heart. First John, the third chapter. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness or iniquity. But you know that he appeared so that he may take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's works. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in him, he cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. And then if we turn back in 1 John, the second chapter, verse 15, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, and this now gives us three categories, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, he wants to own things, And the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. 
the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Now let's let's go right to the heart of this issue. There are two spirits that we're dealing with. There is the spirit of God, and there is the Antichrist spirit. The Antichrist spirit is already preparing the way in the church, and it has almost totally taken over the church in America today. The Antichrist spirit is identified in the modern church by seeker-sensitive churches who compromise the gospel, the sinning Christian churches that compromise the blood of Jesus Christ, Can you imagine a church takes a an, a poll and goes out in the community and asks the community, what would you like for a church? Well, we don't like the cross. Okay, we'll take it down. No, we don't like taking offerings. All right, we won't take offerings. Well, we want we want some skits. We want some concerts. We want some social get. Okay, we'll do all of that. We don't want you to talk about the blood. And we don't want you to talk about sin. Okay, not a problem. We can do all of that. And these churches have sprung up all over the country as a part of the church growth movement. But they're not churches. They are filled with the spirit of Antichrist. You see, the Holy Spirit calls us to lay our lives down totally and completely, to separate from the world, the flesh, and the devil, and be utterly given over to Jesus Christ. To give up all opposition to the presence and power of Jesus, and to be ruled by the Holy Spirit in our inner being, not by the spirit of entertainment, not by a happy, laughing spirit, the kundalini spirit, but to be utterly given over to Jesus Christ. I talked to one pastor. I said, do you have a prayer meeting in your church? He said, no, we don't. I said, why not? He said, because nobody would come. Well, do you have a Sunday night meeting in your church? No, we don't. Why? Nobody would come. So essentially, you have maybe an hour meeting, maybe an hour and a half meeting once a week, and that's church. Yes. Or as one man, I said, 
do you like your pastor, your new pastor? Oh, we love our new pastor. I said, why do you love your new pastor? Well, because he only preaches for 15 minutes, and then he lets us go have lunch. These are Antichrist churches. These are not Spirit of God churches. These are places of entertainment where straight word is not spoken lest people leave because they came under false pretense. They were told to say a little sinner's prayer, that God loved them unconditionally, that they could never leave their sin, that they were always going to be walking in sin. And and Jesus understands, and as one very famous international speaker said on radio recently, look, when you go to church, relax, you're saved. Enjoy the party. No word of rebuke for sin. No arrows of conviction shot into their hearts. This is the spirit of Antichrist. And we need to identify where this spirit of Antichrist is operating in the church today. And if you are a part of an Antichrist church, you need to get out of there. You need to run. Flee that place. Now I look. And First Peter. The second chapter. I'll begin with verse 1. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. And they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them. Well, how, do you, how does the Antichrist deny the sovereign Lord who bought them? By teaching them that the blood of Jesus is no more valuable than the blood of bulls and goats, that you can't walk clean before God, that you just have to put up with yourself. The wounds of your heart are never healed because healing only comes out of repentance. Healing for brokenness only comes out of repentance. And the incoming of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who heals our wounds, who restores us, who gives us strength, who shows us the way. He says, they bring swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they've made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood upon its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, 
And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desires of the sinful nature and despise authority. These are people in the church. These are so-called Christians. They follow the corrupt desire of their sinful nature. They despise authority. Don't tell me that I can't go to the football games. Don't tell me that I can't gamble over the football games. Don't tell me that I have to cut off the, the wicked filth of the movies and the television, and the videos. Don't tell me I can't play all the games I want to play. Pastor, don't tell me that. I can handle it. No, you can't. You're following the corrupt desires of the sinful nature, and you're despising the authority of Jesus Christ, and you are trampling on his precious blood. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. These are pastors. Over here in chapter 2 of Second Peter, verse 17, these men are springs without water. In other words, they promise... Refreshment. They speak winsome words. They tell wonderful stories. They inspire us with a a laugh and a tear. But they're springs without the water of life. Water represents the Holy Spirit. They have no Holy Spirit power or presence. So you go and you listen. And you quickly, if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, know that the Holy Spirit has spoken Ichabod over that church. It is a church of death because there is no righteousness there. He says they are mists driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them, for they mouth empty, boastful words but by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in air. They promise them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of depravity, for a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. I saw the title of a, of a sermon by a very famous man out in Texas who has a, a megachurch. The title was, Bless Yourselves. Positive affirmations, bless yourself. No. No. I don't need to bless myself. I am blessed by Jesus Christ. I am given the gift of righteousness. I have cast off the things of darkness. I've cast off arrogance and pride. cast off the works of darkness. There is no freedom found in blessing myself. I want to bless you. 
in the name of Jesus. I want to bless you with righteousness and mercy and grace. Jesus is blessing me with all of this. It says, they're again entangled and they're overcome and they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them the proverbs are true. A dog returns to his vomit, and a sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. When? As soon as their fear dissipates, as soon as their upset stomach settles, they go back and eat what they already left. Now I want you to understand today, This Antichrist is real. And I want to show you something else. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. I have said on this radio broadcast that the American church is dead that it must be reformed and revived. There must come a time of great sorrow for our sin and repentance before a a mighty God of heaven. Else, the church is going to walk right into the worship of Antichrist and receive the mark of the beast. Look how quickly people have been willing to take the COVID jab. Now, it's not the mark of the beast, but it's certainly a part of the preparation for receiving the mark of the beast. How easily the devil scared everybody with a a scamdemic, a flu. Yes, people died. People die every year of flu. More people will die from the jab than died from COVID. How easily it has been for people to panic. A man said to me yesterday, you know, I took the the jab so I could protect other people but he was lied to. Israel, it's very clear, the most vaccinated people in the world. And they're getting COVID, high numbers of COVID. The vaccine isn't protecting them. Listen. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. I'll begin reading in verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. Don't wait for some temple to be built in Jerusalem. 
God will not build a temple in Jerusalem. Misguided Jewish people who think they need to offer sacrifices because they have refused the sacrifice of Jesus Christ will build that temple, probably, if we've understood Revelation correctly. And the Antichrist will take it over, and he will rule probably from that temple. But that is not the temple of God. I just read a passage that told you your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, in the sixth chapter of 1 Corinthians, verse 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. People say to me, oh, I can smoke my cigars. I can smoke my cigarettes. There's nothing wrong with with my alcohol consumption. There's nothing wrong with all the sugar I want to eat. I can be a glutton and I can, I can be obese. Not if the Spirit of God is dwelling in you. For you are in your body a temple of the Holy Spirit. You were bought at a price. You're not your own. You can't use your body to sin sexually, for it is the Lord's body. It's not your body. Your body belongs to Jesus. He bought it on Calvary. Now, look with me at 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. I know I'm giving you a lot of scriptures, but I want you to see this. I want you to understand that there are two spirits operating, and many of you are still struggling with the spirit of Antichrist and with the Holy Spirit. And there is a war going on between the two because, as the word says, the Spirit of God lusts against the spirit of darkness, and the spirit of darkness lusts against the spirit of God. And there is that war going on. It's described in Romans, the seventh chapter, where you don't do what you want to do, and you do what you don't want to do. This is the condition of most people in America who call themselves Christians. And in that condition, they cannot be saved. Victory is given in our hearts and in our lives by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And you have to choose to allow the Holy Spirit to bring the power of the blood into your life to cleanse you, to refresh you and to separate you from all wickedness and all ungodliness. The Lord will have a people who are holy without spot or wrinkle, dressed in white linen that Revelation tells us are the righteous acts of the saints. First Corinthians, the 10th chapter, 
I'll begin reading in verse 18. Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifice participate in the altar? Do I mean that a sacrifice offered to an idol is anything? Or is that idol anything? No. But the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he is? You can't sit at the table of demons and at the table of the Lord at the same time. So let's be very clear. This passage in Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, tells us, let's begin in verse 8 again. The lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. And he will overthrow and destroy everyone who is filled with that Antichrist spirit. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. So this Antichrist spirit comes and he is extremely cunning. He is deceiving. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so to be saved. They refuse to love the truth and be saved. They refuse to leave all of their sin. They said, we can walk in darkness and we can enjoy the things of the world. We can walk in the flesh, but we're saved. And God knows we can't leave the things of wickedness. You will perish because you have refused to love the truth. You've loved the things of darkness. It says, for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. The lie is that you're saved in the midst of your wickedness so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth and have delighted in wickedness. Now, it's very clear. There's going to be a great rebellion. There's going to be a great falling away. We are watching as that great falling away has happened in America to the American church. Now, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. 
you were chosen by God to be saved by allowing him to make you holy, by cutting off the things of darkness. So, brother, stand firm and hold to the teachings that we passed on to you. There is a great spirit of deception today in the church. Now, I want to give you my dear brother who's passed, the father for me in my faith, David Wilkerson from Times Square Church, said there are three ways you can know if you're in trouble. One, if you don't look forward to going to church anymore. In fact, you don't go anymore. You watch the television or you meet with your family, but you don't have a church. You're in trouble with Jesus. Well, pastor, I don't have, I don't have a church around here that's righteous. Well, start one in your living room and invite others to come. And pray until Jesus brings them. Number two, when you hear a word of God like today, you immediately think of somebody and say, that person needed this message. That was for him, not for me. You're in trouble. Or number three, when you hear words like today and it makes you angry and you argue and you say that can't be true. God has unconditional love. You're in trouble, brother. You're deceived. I can't leave my sin. You're in trouble. You're deceived. Look at 2 Timothy, the third chapter. It's a description of the modern church. Now, we've been talking over these last weeks and days about the children of Israel. How do you suppose that the children of Israel could worship that golden calf? I can tell you. Because the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of wickedness was operating in that day as well. And the spirit of Antichrist was in their hearts because they had not fully given themselves over to the Lord God of heaven. They'd made a covenant with the Lord in words, but their actions did not reflect the reality that they were one with the Lord God of heaven. And so, they quickly went to the prosperity God. They quickly left. This Spirit of Antichrist is filling the church today. It's filling the broadcasts of many. It's a wicked message of deception that says you don't have to totally die to self, but you can enter into kingdom of God in the midst of your sin. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And it's a call to humble your heart before God and say today, I'm going to lay my life down. And I'm going to renounce all sin, all rebellion, all lust for the world, all lust for the flesh. 
I'm finished. All pride, all separateness, I lay it down. We need each other. We need to walk with one another in, with integrity, with honesty, and in love. Well, we're out of time for this broadcast today. I'd love to hear from you. We're right at the end of the month, and you know what the end of the month is for this broadcast. I'd like to be on air again next month. Please write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go to our webpage, and I'm so grateful for those of you who have been giving on the webpage and in letters. Thank you so much. Twyla, thank you. Joanne, thank you. William, thank you. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you, my brother, my sister. We'll talk soon.